Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning. All the talk is about Drew Brees. You just sort of mentioned 41 and done. Key certainly doesn't think that's the case. Jay has said all morning long, hey, man, it's just one game, but that's what we do here in sports. It's a Tuesday morning. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Tuesday morning quarterback. Instead of a Monday morning quarterback, we got a Tuesday morning quarterback. <laughs> Zubin's quick this morning. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the other quarterback. We spent so much time this morning talking about Drew Brees. We'll see Drew on the short week. They'll take on the Green Bay Packers. So Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees coming to our TVs on Sunday. The SEC coming on Saturday. Mahomes and Lamar coming on Monday. Just buckle up if you're a football fan. I want to take you back to one moment because this is a quarterback that not too many people are really bullish on, and that's the quarterback that was taking on Drew Brees last night that didn't get a ton of attention. But key is on Derek Carr. Let's flash back. 2016 NFL season. It's week 16. The Raiders are leading the Colts 33-14. They're headed to the playoffs. It's all good. It's week 16. We're rolling in this game. And then Trent Cole rolls up on Derek Carr, broken fibula, broken leg, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of people thought that derailed and stymied what could have been a great Raiders run. And key, a lot of people don't think about it because it was four years ago. But you say if that had gone right, people would be looking at Derek Carr way differently and you do in 2020. Well, I think they would be looking any way differently because Jack Del Rio would still be the head coach of the Raiders. Not John Gruden. And not John Gruden. Um, Because the Raiders would have probably gone on to the AFC Championship game. They played Houston in Houston and it just kind of, you know, it went in another direction from there. But when you look at it, Coach Gruden came in and kind of didn't endorse him, but didn't kill him off either. Just kind of dangled it out there so people could create their own narrative about what the relationship would be like with Carr. Then that first year, uh, you know, they lost a game or so, and Gruden had a post-conference, and he talked about some missed opportunities. So immediately the first thing you people at SportsCenter started doing. That media. Was media jumping again. on. Media. Jumping on. <laughs> what Gruden said. Oh, go Gruden said this. Oh, he doesn't like Carr this. He doesn't like Carr that. And then they hired uh, Mayock. Then Mayock comes in. And, oh, well, the quarterback, we're going to take a look at everything. And then it just became a snowball effect as to what he was at the quarterback spot. And then he goes on and has two straight 4,000-yard seasons in a West Coast offense, dink and dunk, every now and then they may take a shot down the field. But the West Coast offense is not built for shots down the field. It's catch, run after catch, and that's pretty much it. They had to retool, reload, get him new weapons. They got rid of Jared Cook. They bring in Waller. Uh, they get Jacobs at the running back spot. Marshawn Lynch is gone. I mean, they started to retool the entire roster. Mm. And now you look at him, and nothing wrong with it. I'll take him in a heartbeat. You think he's Super Bowl worthy. I think if the team – look, if, you, if you're telling me, if you're asking me, can Derek Carr eventually lead the Raiders to a Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. That's the question. The answer is yes. Yes. Okay. Have, have you seen – how many quarterbacks have you seen lead teams of Super Bowls that were not the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's of the world or like, Aaron Rodgers of the world? Like Brad Johnson, for example? Uh, Brad Johnson <laughs> won the, didn't win the MVP, but – Played at an MVP level in the Super Bowl and certainly helped us win the Super Bowl with no problem at all. Trent Dilfer certainly helped the Baltimore Ravens win a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco certainly helped the Baltimore Ravens win a Super Bowl. And those were not guys that people, for whatever reasons, felt like was top-notch quarterbacks. And I think Carr is 
at that level of a top-notch quarterback. He's He fits in that. He's a top-ten quarterback, man. He is a top-ten guy. I'll say this. One of the things I like about, about Derek Carr, and I spent some time with him, is – and I've, I've heard this from multiple people, and Alec Ingold's actually made a comment about it the other day where he said he's the most relentless leader I've ever been around in all facets. So, you know, we joke around, Key was saying things, oh, first into the locker room, last to leave. I ain't no joke. That's but serious. like when your QB leads by example that way in the midst of all the Coaches you know, quote-unquote stuff that happens, right, the adversity that happens, and he keeps pushing through. That's what makes Derek Carr special. No question about it. They fell behind 10 nothing last night if you were watching on the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football on ABC or ESPN. And then it was suddenly tied at 17 and a half, and the Raiders were certainly better coming out of the locker room. After the game, Derek Carr with Arlisa Salters on overcoming that slow start. We have a really good team. And, uh, you know, it's easy when something like that happens against a really good team uh, to go back into the old ways of woe is me and here we go again. And that's not this team at all, you know, Lisa and – I'm proud of our guys because this is a different group. We believed it at the beginning of the year. No one thought we'd be 2-0 right now, but I'm proud of our guys. Now, Key actually did predict they were 2-0, so you love Derek Carr. I also know you love Cam Newton. Raiders at Patriots Sunday. How about that? I think that this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Cam Newton obviously getting a rebirth to, to a degree at the quarterback spot for New England, but you know they've got to travel from, from west to east. Foxborough is a tough place to play, although there'll be nobody in the stands. <laughs> I'll say that a million times. Uh, you saw what Cam Newton was able to do against Seattle. If they don't, if they get that touchdown at the end of the game and they run, I mean, the offensive line doesn't get pushed or they run a different type of play and they score, we're having a different conversation about 2-0 and New England Patriots. Oh, my God, did you see Cam Newton? Instead, it's, oh, my God, did you see Cam Newton? I wish they would have ran another play. I wish he would have gotten in. This is going to be a tough matchup for Derek Carr because I think Bill Belichick defensively will make the adjustments away from what happened in Seattle with Russell Wilson to try to get them playing back to what, the way they did against the Miami Dolphins. Um, Cam Newton will continue to keep building, keep building with his young receiving core. Obviously, Julian, Julian Edelman will be an important part of what they do on an offensive side, but you know, in this game, if I was picking it right now, which I'm not, I'll be picking the New England Patriots just because they're at home with no fans. And so, you know, they're at home. It's just going to be interesting for me to see how the Patriots continue to, to grow. I mean, obviously suffering that last defeat. Cam Newton will continue to get better. All these things happen at home key. So I guess, you know, you, you said that. Did you see the schemes change enough, you said, for Bill Belichick from one week to another? Absolutely. You mean on the offensive side? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Cam Newton three, four, almost 400 yards. I think it was 397, if I'm not mistaken, um, or something like that. I got to look at the numbers exactly. Julian Edelman had a, a, over 10 catches, 100, and, I want to say about 170-something yards. So when used to, Nikhil Harry got involved, Cam scored two times on the ground. It certainly changed, where in week one, as I said before, Heavy that style attack. is going to change to Seattle because week to week, that's just what they do. You'll see – you may – for all I know, you may see what they did week one against the Raiders, or you may see something totally different or a combination of week two and week one. But it certainly won't be uh, uh, just sitting sitting at the same as they did against Seattle, where now all of a sudden the Raiders can just identify what they're going to do offensively in a heartbeat. That's not going to happen. 397 on the money, 30 for 44, wow. 397 That's yards. what I thought it was. He's taking the ginkgo. He's got definitely got to go. He can definitely remember. <laughs> no, I just – it, it, in certain situations, you know, I've always prided myself on being a guy 
that relies on what I see with my eyes and not what other people say. And when I look at Cam Newton and I look at what he was able to do in week one, I knew damn well they wasn't going to Seattle with that same game plan with Jamal Adams in the box uh, uh, with a spy on Cam Newton. Anybody that knows anything about football could have told you that. I mean, you know, if you know anything about it and you're watching it and you know anything about New England's history, week to week that game plan is going to change both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. Whatever DJ Metcalf Metcalf did to them in the long ball, that's not going to happen against the Raiders. You're going to see two people over the top on the long ball. They're not going to stay the same. If you if 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 you stay the same, you're not getting any better. It's just that's just the reality of it. DK Metcalf has been an absolute revelation. Laker talk. LeBron. Well, I keep calling you DJ. DK. It's all, it's all, it's all it good. happens. We got a lot of names. I know. No, but I know a DJ. That's what it is. LeBron James and Laker talk coming in two minutes with Doris Burke. Mm-hmm. But first, John Gruden got the ten-year contract. Right. I mean, that's just unheard. A ten-year, hundred-million-dollar contract. Shaky beginning, obviously. Not really. No, you don't think so? No, it's not a shaky beginning, Zoo, because they came in with a plan. The plan was I'm going to give you 10 years and I'm going to blow it up and then I'm going to let you build it. It's almost like a a, a college team to a degree. You come in, you recruit your guys, and we'll give you an opportunity, a chance to build on it. Fair enough, fair enough. So we will see what happens. They got the New England Patriots. Cam welcoming Derek Carr and company to town on Sunday. By the way, Miami and Jacksonville will kick off week three of the NFL season on Thursday. So the all Florida matchup week three is almost here and we are almost ready to talk Lakers right after you hear this. It goes back to that comment I made before about LeBron being with D Wade down in Miami. D Wade saying, Hey LeBron, take the torch, take it right. Like we went here. This is how we do it. We're watching the same thing. Now we're watching LeBron James pass the torch to AD. Let's talk Lakers. Let's talk LeBron. We're ready to roll with Game 3, 8.30 Eastern ESPN Radio. Doris Burke will be on the call on the radio side. Coverage again, 8.30 Eastern. Hey, DB, as her Twitter handle says, good morning. Bottom line, I just want to push ahead. Not that the Nuggets are out of it. or well, not that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not discounting. Dor- Doris, just you can take <laughs> off tonight. I, I told you, just take off. Key is essentially saying that the uh, the Nuggets should forfeit, but we are banking on the Nuggets showing up, so you've got a broadcast to do tonight. In your opinion, if LeBron pulls it off, three championships with three organizations, presumably would be the MVP of all three, obviously. He's got the first two with Miami and Cleveland. It would be something that has never been accomplished in the history of the NBA, Doris. Three titles, three teams with three finals MVPs. If that were to happen... What would you say about LeBron's latest accomplishment if that became a reality? Well, for me, Zubin, you know, for over a decade, I've watched this guy pull off some extraordinary feats in the playoffs. I've also witnessed his heartbreaks. Um, So it's been one of the more fascinating careers in the history of the NBA. I did see Isaiah Thomas. I don't know whether it was in a social media format or on NBA TV where he believes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest to ever do it, but that LeBron might have some say before that's all said and done. Listen, all of those debates about the greatest ever are, are fascinating. They're, they're a lot of fun for fans. I know for me, and I've said this to you before, Zubin, I feel lucky to have witnessed one of the extraordinary careers uh, ever. And I think what's fascinating, and I love that little clip by, by, Jay, uh, by Jay Will, You know, he said at the outset of the season, we're going to play through Anthony Davis, and appropriately so, 
one of the undertold stories in this whole run to the playoffs to me is uh, we started talking about this on the radio the other night. LeBron in this run is only averaging 34.1 minutes. Over the 16-year history of his career, his playoff minutes were 41.7. And there have been plenty of times where they've been in complete command in the fourth quarter. And so those minutes, you know, have been able to come down. So I'm, I'm curious to see the longer this wears on and the more they can preserve him, the more dangerous he is. And that's, that's never a good thing for his opponents. Doris, let me ask you really quickly about Denver. If you're Mike Malone or if you're, you know, mm-hmm. one of these players, you, you're, you're literally, you had to be having tape sessions over the last couple of days of watching, mm-hmm. you know, giving up an offensive rebound, a defensive breakdown on the last play you know, what kind of adjustments do you need to make in game three in order to secure that win with that relentless comeback they had? Yeah, I think one of the things you take incredible solace from is what your defense was able to achieve in the last half of that game. So they had been dominated in the paint uh, through every other quarter and from the free throw line, and they only gave up 10 points in the paint in the second half. They consistently made Los Angeles play and execute in the half court you saw the game slow to their pace. Uh, you saw them make the necessary stop to not corral it with a defensive rebound. You know, it was obviously heartbreaking. But the other thing you saw, Jay Will, was the two-man game of Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray start to have some effect in the series. And so, listen, as, as Jokic said, we've got to fight. Uh, going down, you know, 0-2 against the Lakers is a different animal, but I expect that they'll show the grit and toughness that they've shown throughout um, but obviously that, that game two loss felt pretty weighty in this series, that's for sure. Doris Burke joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, our NBA playoff analyst, and she will be calling the game tonight on ESPN Radio. Doris, let me ask you this. Which team right now has, out of the three that are left, obviously the Nuggets are down 2-0, but the three that are left, which team will give the Lakers the most problems? Oh, boy, that's a great question, Keyshawn. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I mean, you know, the one thing you'd say is you have to be able to score against the Lakers. Um, and and I, I hate to be disrespectful or in any way sell short what Miami has done because their defense has been extraordinary. But they, you know, they can struggle to get out of the gates to score it. And again, Jimmy Butler's talked about them falling behind. Um, you know, my first inclination, especially now that Gordon Hayward is back, is to say the Boston Celtics. But I say that, Keyshawn, with this, uh, you know, sort of one addendum, and that is, can Kemba Walker find the consistent gear? Because there's been moments in these playoffs where, you know, Kemba's pull-up three game and his ability to consistently get by people and either draw contact or get to his pull-up game, it hasn't been there consistently. And whoever beats the Los Angeles Lakers is going to have to play the full 48. And they're going to have to be able to play in multiple ways. Like, that's what the the Lakers have. Incredible size. Their defensive numbers against uh, Denver through the first two games are really good when either JaVale or Dwight is on the floor. They can play big. They can play small, fast. You know, their weakness is, you know, can they get enough three-point shooting? What strikes me about the Lakers, guys, they are getting extraordinary three-point shooting. Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the playoffs – 44%, 44%, Rondo, 47.6% in the playoffs. And Danny Green, the one guy you'd think would be, you know, north of 40% is only 36%. Like the one weakness they've had throughout the course of the year 
you know, they've held up pretty well here in Orlando. So I don't know. I mean, to me, Keyshawn, the Lakers are the team to beat, obviously. Mm-hmm. Doris, we'll see you tonight here on ESPN Radio, 8.30 p.m. Eastern to see if the Lakers can put the Nuggets on the brink. But then again, maybe the Nuggets got them right where they want them because they've been playing on the brink the entire postseason. Thank you, DB. Thanks, guys. Great to have Doris Burke. You'll hear her tonight on ESPN Radio, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. She should just take my advice and just stay in. Well, I'll be real with you guys. It's, you know, LeBron James in the second half probably had the worst second half of a postseason that he's had this year. It wasn't good. They did a really good job on him defensively. And as DB said, you know, really owning the paint, I think, is something that's significant for Denver when they play against them. And, look, I, questionable substitution by Mike Malone at the end of a game. I think Paul Millsap should have stayed in the game instead of Mason Plumley. Miscommunication happens. AD makes a shot. But still, if, if you are the Nuggets, that two-man game that you have between Murray and Jokic, that is your bread and butter. And everybody knows it. Those two have to be great in order for them to have a chance. And, and I don't – you know, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet that LeBron would have a second half again a second time like he did the last game out. It just It's not something that he is going to do. Just not. Take me inside the mind of a player because I would imagine the Nuggets are like, my goodness, we let that one get away. I mean, we, we have no margin of error against a team like this. The Lakers were well-rested. We again played a seven-game series. We again played them down to the wire. One defensive lapse, as you mentioned there at the end for the AD shot. What's it like the day after a loss like that as you get closer to that game where you can atone? What's it just like within the team, the film session, all that stuff? I mean, it depends upon who you are. I mean, the mindset, you have to flip it around. So it, I know how it was easy for you to say, well, you know, we should have got that one game. But if, if I'm sitting there, I can't bask in my anger or my frustration about we should have got the game. I have to think next play. So for me, I have to think, okay, we should have won that game. How do we win the game moving forward? How do I learn from the lessons we made from the mistakes we made game prior, and how do we adjust and how do we play? If anything, Jokic and Murray should think that they belong on this stage, and they've been in this boat before. They've been down 3-1, two series in a row. Right. It's only 2-0 right now. Get one, you're down 2-1. You're right back in it. That's tough if you don't forfeit this game, Key. you got to get out there and get, <laughs> get it to 2-1 here. I, I, you know, yeah, that that's true. They're, they're down 2-1, and, and – 2-0, a, 2-0. I mean, 2-0, yeah. it's a bubble. They want to get to 2-1. But the guy on the other side with number 23 with that gold and purple on, he's on a mission too. Although the second half of the last game, he didn't play well. As Jay referenced. Yeah. But the other guy, the big and Anthony Davis, played well. So as I've always said, as long as you got somebody else that's there that can pick up the slack, then yeah, but You're okay. I, I much rather have AD get his and me control LeBron James. LeBron James not only creates for AD, he creates for everybody on that team. Him and Rondo, like those are the two queen pieces. But but right? like I, I I now Anthony Davis is an extremely extremely gifted talented player, but LeBron James is the queen piece. But if he but if LeBron's not scoring, he's I'm not doing, talking about just scoring. I'm but talking I'm saying about facilitating. he does. I'm just say he does so many other things that he passes down to everybody else. Whether it's facilitating, whether it's rebounding, whether it's the control of the mind to get them to play a certain way to follow his lead, all of those little things are important. You can't take that away from him, right? Like, uh, like you may be able to take the shooting and the scoring away, but you can't take the mind away that he's passing to the other guys, that they now got to pick up the slack because he's not having his best 
afternoon. I hear you, but if I'm going into the game from Denver Nuggets, I'm not thinking I can't take anything from LeBron James away. Damn it, I'm competing no, just you, like anybody you else. Can, you can think. I hear, that I'm way. just trying to get but you to think on the opposite side of the ball, Key. But think, he ain't going to do me a favor for one second. Yes. Stop thinking like you're a Laker fan. Tell me, I'm if, a fan. If, no, I know, I know. But tell me if you're on the opposite side. If you're in the Denver Nuggets. For a guy who is as competitive as you are, if you had to wait, hold on a second, let me finish. If you had to compete against LeBron James, how would you compete against him, knowing how competitive you are? What kind of little things would you try to do to compete? I'm gonna compete. I'm gonna get up in him. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get right up in him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do what the coaches say we need to do. If I need to close him out on the left side, I'm gonna close him out on the left side. If I need to push him to his right, I'm gonna push him to his right. If I need to double, I'm gonna make sure that I'm sliding to the top to double. If I need to go through the screen to get to him, I'm gonna go through the screen to get to him. I'm gonna frustrate him as much as I can. But the problem is, is I know that that's gonna be a tall task. Uh, agree. I just, I just know it is. Agree, but a lot of tall tasks have been well, accomplished. I'm a fan in right now, anyway. See, that's what I'm saying. If you're Jeremy Grant, you can't go into this game thinking, "Well, I, I can take everything else away, but I can't take LeBron James' mind away." No, like you have to stay on him 24 seven. Meet him the full length of the court. Use your wingspan. Frustrate him. Get in his get in his face. Like, look, LeBron James is maybe the best player we've ever seen. LeBron James is still human as well. Right. Okay, like there's still games he can be agitated, things of that sort. You have to be a gnat to him. No, you do have to be. But my point in all this, though, Jay, is that you take certain things away from him. He has so many other gifts that he gives to I his agree teammates with you. I that agree it's with you. hard to take certain things away. If I if I say I'm taking the scoring away. Okay, I'll take a scoring away, but he's going to give I'm something else. Sorry, if I say I'm taking a pass away. I'm just away, trying to tell you how like, the Detroit Pistons look at Michael Jordan back in the day. Like, yeah, you can't Jordan, take anything away. But Jordan I, was young then, too. Though. I understand. I understand. I'm just – I'm not, I'm not picking one side or the other. I'm just explaining to the viewer how if you're a Denver Nugget, you have to go into this game with that type of mindset. See, I feel like you want the Nuggets to win. I don't like that. <laughs> I would like to see a competitive series. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Game three tonight on ESPN Radio. Game four for a possible sweep on Thursday, which would put the Lakers in the NBA Finals for the 32nd time in franchise history. Incredible. And how many championships would that be? That would be if they did. get you guys one more than the Celtics, I know. No, we'll be tied with the Celtics. They'd be tied with the Celtics? I said that because Zubin always reminds me. (laughs) 32nd time. 17 (laughs) if they win. 17 for the Celtics now. 16 for the Lakers. And how great would it be if the Lakers could get to 17 by knocking off the Celtics in the NBA Finals? The resumption of the best rivalry in Take me in the mind of the next things that we're going to do right now. (laughs) Take me inside. You've been listening to me too much. Take me inside. Which might be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. Still to come. Let's take you inside the mind of a caller. <laughs> See how I did it? I did it. Good transition. Thank you. The Eagles are 0-2. Can they still make the playoffs? And what 0-2 team, maybe including Philly, do you at home think can make the playoffs after an 0-2 start? Hit us up right now. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. There are 11 teams, including the Eagles, that are 0-2. Which one of them can rally? And postseason dream. Remember, this year, two more teams make the playoffs than in the previous 30 years. So you got a little wiggle room. We'll have your calls and your opinions on the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And key speaking there of Carson Wentz, if you're watching us on ESPN News this morning, you see Wentz throwing incomplete all over the place, helmet ripped off the head, frustration, channeling all the frustration at Philly fans. 0-2 Philly will host 0-2 Cincinnati. That is on the way this Sunday. There are 11 0-2 teams in the National Football League, and you heard Jay and Key talk about it. Jay, you're a little bit more aggressive on probably seeing Jalen Hurts sooner rather than later. Key's preaching patience. No, I, I, I'm just wondering when will that time come that has to come I mean you would think it would come somewhat soon if Carson keeps playing the way he does now I know their O-line is decimated I know they have other issues that are playing into this and I know ultimately look his QBR outside the pocket is is horrific it's really bad this year as opposed to what it's been like the last three years my only thing is I, I think sometimes the lure and, and Key can give me more insight into this than I can because I've never been a quarterback or play with a quarterback but I know how it's been in other sports is that when there is competition sometimes. It sometimes can bring the best out of you. Or you, you get a chance to shrink. So my thing is if Jalen Hurts can be used in a different way, maybe due to his foot speed, maybe due to his versatility, get outside the pocket, you have to have some responsibility to see if that's actually there. I know it's still early in the big scheme of things because he's a rookie. He doesn't know the scheme as well. But still, the talent may be able to speak for herself, but he has to get a rep or two to actually see what's there. Well, I think what, what you're asking, though, is – is there a way to insert him in a game plan uh, to help the Eagles figure out what it is that they're missing to put points on the board? Yeah, you can always take some snaps away and insert him into the lineup, much like Lamar Jackson originally started doing with Joe Flacco, where Joe Flacco would give way to Lamar Jackson and they would run the ball or do some stuff here and there. That's been done throughout the NFL for years where – you use a two-quarterback system, but that second quarterback gets 10 snaps a game or less. You could do that with Jalen Hurts, but as far as him taking over the reins at the quarterback position, I don't think the Eagles are there yet, Z. I think that there's a long ways. They're a long ways away from and not just because they just handed a guy, you know, $100 million, but because I think what it is that's wrong with Carson Wentz is very fixable, which is getting him to understand – when he needs to deliver the ball, his anticipation is off a little bit. His back foot, when he drops back, he needs to correct some of those things. And you can do that. You can correct that. It's all about getting him. If I'm Doug Peterson, first thing I'm doing, I'm getting him in the classroom, and I'm saying, hey, here's where your mistakes are. You're not anticipating. You're staring down receivers. You're not, uh, uh, you're not hitting your back foot and letting it rip. These are the things that you need to be able to get back to that made you successful your first year in the league, made you successful at the end of last season. And I think if they can make those corrections, along with possibly his attitude, if, if, in, in, and if you believe everything that comes out of the locker room at times about particular teammates, this is one where you get a little scuttlebuttle going. So you change all of those things, and you may wind up getting that number two quarterback that you drafted that helped you win, that get to uh, put you in a position to win a, a, a playoff game or two to go to a Super Bowl, you may get that guy again. Until then, I think you just sit tight, patient, and wait, 
and see where it comes. All I'm saying is Peterson and Roseman, I mean, they put their live, their their jobs on the line essentially in April's draft. You know, with some glaring weaknesses, looking over linebacker, receiver, offensive line position, and they got Jalen Hurts. So they got him for a reason. He's there. So wonder well, when you, it's going to be time to utilize him. That's you, all I'm you, saying. You I'm, always, not saying I'm not saying it's going to be, hey, this is the Jalen Hurts takeover, that he's going to come and take away all. I'm just saying he's going to be an option yeah, but, to have. But quarterbacks, Jay, I'm telling you, man, they fragile. When you start playing around with them and messing with them and not necessarily benching them but taking snaps away from them and inserting other people into the lineup without a clear plan, they're very sensitive. They they are sensitive, and they will fold on you. And I you understand, know, like Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and I and I think right? that and I think that you you know people say, well, he should be strong in the mind. He's the quarterback of the team. Would you want your quarterback to be that way, dude? They all that way. They when they start looking over their shoulders, it's just it's it's not meant to be. So you don't want to force the issue having guys look over their shoulder. You know, when you when 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 you have a guy like Mitch Trubisky who is pedestrian, right? That's a different look over your shoulder. You don't mind bringing in a foes to put him behind him and say, "Okay, if you mess up, we going with that because we didn't pick up your fifth year option anyway." So we don't care. But when you gave a guy 100 million dollars and you start playing around with the backup quarterback, you can lose him for good, because one of the things that a quarterback needs is he needs trust in his offensive coordinator and his head coach. And if he loses that trust in those two people, it's problematic. The team feels like, based on Sal Palantonio, uh, who was on with us earlier, talked about being at the game and watching Carson Wentz go to the sideline, which is key for me. And how are people reacting when he goes to the sideline? Are they walking over to him and saying, man, we got to get it corrected? Are they looking at him side-eye and saying, stay away from me because you're radioactive? I'm, I, I don't want... Stay away, go over there. And that when you start to treat him that way, it's not good. Seems like the latter for Sal never underestimate when he drives to the link every Sunday and sees a statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles out in front of the stadium mm. at apparently a place that he is supposed is to that, dominate. Is that is there's that, the, the Philly special is a statue right outside the stadium. Oh, okay. Of the, the Philly of the, that the, play call in the, the Super play, Bowl. but not necessarily of the coach and the quarterback. Well, it's basically Doug Peterson going over to Nick Foles and he's kind of putting his arm around him. Foles is saying, "Let's run it." They're kind of standing next to each other, just like they were on the sideline before the play call in the Super Bowl. Wow. Philly's so funny. I didn't wow. know. I didn't know that's a good good note by you, Zubin. I Thank had you. no idea that that statue was out front. It's out there, indeed. So we'll see what happens. Guests join us every morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Our last guest was Doris Burke. She had some great insight on the Nuggets and the Lakers tonight. You can see her, or listen to her, rather, at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN. We'll see if Keys Lakers can go up 3-0. And we are presented. See. see when? When? <laughs> and we Don't are presented that, <laughs> by Progressive Insurance. Got to play it right down the middle. Still to come, as the king is vying for the right to be called the GOAT, the guy that many think is the GOAT, including your humble co-host, He's taking a left turn, four of them to be exact. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Fellas, are we all good? That was a little uh, skirmish we had a little earlier, a little oh, verbal no. jousting between the fellas. We all good, right? Well, that, that's every day of our lives. That's true. Yeah, I don't <laughs> that's even every need, day of our lives. As, as they say, you're sensitive. No, no, I'm not. I just stare you down and keep it moving. You he, know. He, he just gets very emotional, you. like Carl Thomas, a little old, old throwback for you. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. If finding a high-impact hire is a serious goal for your business, use Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean a better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. They'll even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high-impact terms and conditions apply. We've been talking so much football, so much basketball with the Lakers tonight. Uh, This story is very important on and off the track. Bubba Wallace, the only black driver in NASCAR's top circuit, is going to be driving for a new team in 2021, and that team is being comprised of Michael Jordan, the six-time NBA champion, and Denny Hamlin, the three-time Daytona 500 champion, single-entry Toyota, under the guidance of Joe Gibbs Racing. This is a powerhouse combination, bullface names all over the place. So we had our Ryan McGee, who covers auto racing for ESPN, on with SportsCenter on Scott Van Pelt show last night. And essentially, Ryan began by asking you the question that I think most of us are already thinking. How in the world does Michael Jordan end up co-owning a brand new NASCAR team? Well, it's not as long a walk as you might think. First of all, Denny Hamlin and MJ are boys. They have been forever. How'd that happen? Denny Hamlin is the Jack Nicholson of the Charlotte Hornets. He's been courtside forever. Their friendship is so tight, Hamlin actually wears Jordan-branded shoes, specially made when he's behind the wheel of his race car on the weekend. Second of all, Michael's been a motorsports guy forever. He was a longtime owner of Michael Jordan Motorsports that competed in the AMA Superbike Series. And third of all, there's Brad Darty, Michael Jordan's old buddy from Chapel Hill in the early 80s, a longtime co-owner of JTG Darty Racing in the Cup Series. He has lobbied his friends in the NBA forever to invest in NASCAR. Why is Michael Jordan finally doing that? Finally listening to Brad, finally listening to Denny? Because of Bubba Wallace and the attention that Wallace has received this year and what MJ sees is a possibility to literally change the face of NASCAR. How about that? That's big, man. That's that's huge that you know Michael is is stepping outside of basketball and getting into NASCAR, but not just from a NASCAR standpoint, but also what Bubba Wallace went through, what we're going through in this country, and and what NASCAR has to some degree traditionally stood for. Mm-hmm. Now you all of a sudden insert a guy like Michael Jordan, not only with his pocket, but who he is it changes the game a little bit. It does, you know, from taking the Confederate flag down, right, uh, to also uh, Michael Jordan becomes the first black NASCAR principal owner in almost 50 years, in almost 50 years. When so you think about that, right? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a monumental opportunity. And I, I love the relationship 
between him, Bubba Wallace. I, I, I just love the way this whole thing came together. And there's a new way trending forward in 2021. Let's keep moving in this direction. No question. I wonder what the car going to look like. They're going to have wings, Jordan oh, wings on the <laughs> – the 23 car. That's It's got to be the 23 I think car, it, I right? think it is going to be called the 23 car. I think you're right. Yeah. A couple things to mention here. One, Michael has universal appeal because you mentioned NASCAR is a regional southern sport at its roots. It's obviously tried to gain a more broad audience. They've tried to go with Hispanic drivers like Eric Almirola. They obviously had Danica Patrick, the first female driver of this quote-unquote generation, even though there have been female drivers in the past, somebody like Bubba Wallace. So Michael Jordan has universal appeal and his name recognition to sports fans, non-sports fans, black, white, older, younger, uh, male, female. So that's important. And the second thing is Bubba Wallace is setting himself up to be another person in the pantheon of sports who, no matter what he accomplishes on the track, is going to be a bigger deal for what he does outside of his discipline. And I think that's an important marker to make as well. It is important, but it also gives hope to others that are out there that are minorities that that are a fan of the sports don't have to feel like they're being an outcast or they're being pushed aside when you see guys like Bubba Wallace and Michael Jordan aligning themselves with Hamlin and Joe Gibbs to a degree. I just want to give NASCAR a lot of credit. I mean, uh, the, the change is that, you know, look, everybody's always going to say, well, it's taken them so long. But still, to, to make those changes, to stand by what those changes are, to allow this new era, which is really smart business-wise, to be ushered in inclusivity, I think speaks volumes about where this brand is going. And NASCAR, as they try to finish up their chase crown of champion, it's being drowned out by all the other things that are happening in sports, college football, the NFL, the Major League Baseball season ends on Sunday. We're going to have more golf majors. NASCAR is below all of those things. But what I think is really important is that this ride is for 2021. So if there was an inkling of, you know what, this was Bubba Summer. This was the moment that he got an opportunity to step up. This was the moment that the other driver said, we got you in the garage. We got your back. And in many other sports, because people are cynical, it's going to be, all right, now it's time for next season. Now it's time to race again. But it's not going to be because he's going to be on the track with tremendous financial support. And and that's true. And and as long as he's getting in that winning, you know, that window of winning, the interesting thing about it is I was sitting here saying, as you know, we were talking about this and I was thinking to myself, I don't watch golf unless Tiger's playing. Many people are like that. Right? Many people are like that. Imagine what this is getting ready to do to NASCAR. True. I'm not watching NASCAR unless Bubba Wallace and Michael Jordan's car is running around the track. I'm just keeping one on it. I ain't got nothing for you unless I'm looking at that. It just appeals to a whole new subset of culture. That's what I was saying before. And I think it's also important for Michael to be visible. I'm not going to tell Michael Jordan what to do. He's Michael Jordan. But I think it's one of those things where you can put your name behind it. You can put your money behind it. Yeah, Zuma, but I, I like think, this hot take from you. Go but ahead. I, but I do think you need to be out there and oh, be visible. Oh, he's going to be visible. Right? Yeah, you never course. know he's busy. Obviously, he's got to nah, go on NBA he'll team. be visible with this one. But I think it's really important. This is, this is, this is different than owning a steakhouse. This is Charlotte. Uh, Bob, is it Bobcats now? What are, what's the name of the Hornets. Char- Hornets. Hornets? Jeez, the Hornets. This is Hornets. This is Air Jordan shoes. This is what this is. He's going to be out front. Never underestimate. There's only one NASCAR team that is based outside of the Charlotte area. So this is the hub, right? So obviously Michael's got the North Carolina connections, obviously the Hornets connections, but he's also going right to the spot where almost every single team, literally almost every single team is base. So to do that in that state with this driver, I think that speaks volumes too. It's not just connecting, it's where they're doing. It. And he's beloved in the state, right? I mean, it's, everywhere, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, in, in North Carolina, I mean, it's MJ, right? right? I, don't, I, mean, I'm, I can only imagine, and you could probably speak to this, Jay, because you played down in that area. 
How many streets are named after Michael Jordan down there? There's got to be a ton I mean, of them, right? So Michael Jordan's a legend everywhere yeah. in this world. In this world. So I, I think the clout that he brings to the table, being with Bubba, and also one of the things that people don't think about as it relates to Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan is very present at a lot of his investments. Yes. Like he's not one of these guys, like I'm just going to give you cash and not be there looking as a passive investment. Mm-hmm. He's visible. He will be there. And this will be a stand with him and Bubba. Indeed. Because I think whether or not he wants to admit it and being modest, he knows when he's out in front, the organization or cause will get a huge amount of attention. Well done, Michael Jordan. Tomorrow, Coach O will be here. So will Coach George Carl. See you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.